Welcome back to the Self-Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Cortez. Joining me on this episode as my guest co-host is Melissa. She is the host of Moments with Melissa podcast that discusses culture, parenthood, personal stories, and other themes. I came across her podcast on Instagram not too long ago, listened to a few of her episodes, and knew we needed to collaborate. So before we get started, Melissa, I'm going to ask you a question so the listeners can get to know you a little better. What is the thing you look forward to after a long day of work? Hi, everyone. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me on your podcast. I'm looking forward to this interview. I know this is weird, but because I work at the hospital, just taking my clothes off and my shoes off and showering. That's the first thing I look forward to because I get to just get all that nasty germs off of me. <laughs> I, I respect that. I was going to say, I really enjoy taking off my bra after a long time of work. <laughs> it's with the clothes. <laughs> yeah. And now with like the addition of the mask, I feel like it's the same feeling. Like you just take off the mask and it's like also For like real. taking off your bra. It's so nice. Yeah, even walking but like wear car. your mask when you're out in public, you know. <laughs> I know, like, uh, I guess getting into my car because I work in the hospital 12 hours, even going to walk, um, because they they kind of sent us a memo like if we were walking around the hospital to keep it on because obviously you're representing them, right? But if I go into like the neighborhoods, I'm like slowly putting it down to my nose, I'm like, I just need fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you for being a frontline worker. We appreciate you. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. Listener discretion is warned. This episode will touch on some heavy subjects, such as the many struggles of mental health, including suicide and depression, the struggles of postpartum, as well as cancer will also be mentioned in this episode, and the topic of death will be brought up. Please proceed with caution. On this episode, Melissa and I will discuss her podcast, Moments with Melissa, what her podcast is about, and what she is hoping to accomplish with her podcast. In addition, Melissa and I will be discussing how the struggles of mental health can affect someone as it did to her brother and my sibling as well. How going through an experience such as ours changes you in more ways than one and altered our relationship with God and our families. Lastly, we will discuss what resources are available to those who struggle with mental health, suicide, drug addiction, etc., and offer advice for those who find themselves in a similar situation such as ours. Melissa, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So like what Stephanie has said earlier, I do have a podcast, Moments with Melissa. I started this back in October 2020. Prior to that, I also want to start a podcast, but I wasn't sure how to narrow down what topics until last year of course COVID I was actually in school too and my friend from school uh, she created a podcast hers is just mom your business so it's mostly about motherhood and whatnot and what what really grabbed my attention is because she spoke about postpartum depression when I had my postpartum I thought I was the only one that had it or I thought I was like the crazy one because when I talked to my mom about it she was like, oh, well, that never happened to me. Maybe you're just like, or at least hormones. I'm like, okay. So I had no one to really ask for help because when, when I left the hospital, they did give me a pamphlet about like, they call it the blues, baby blues. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, this isn't going to happen to me. I remember throwing away like that ain't going to happen, you know? And it happened immediately. It happened like, I want to say a month and a half after. So when hearing her podcast and she actually has me on there too, she interviewed me about this. Um, made me think like, well, wait, maybe the stuff that I've been going through in life, maybe people are going through that too. And, you know, I think it would be nice for someone to hear my stories or other people's stories and, you know, for not, for them not to feel alone. 
That's the yes. whole thing. You know, there's resource out there. There's people that have been through that. There's people that feel like they need a break or they're, they're not crazy. And that was like right. my whole mission was, Hey, it's okay. There's people out here for you. We gone through this or we, we will go through this and whatnot. So yeah, that was behind it. <laughs> I love that. So I guess we, you answered like what made you start your podcast. So what is your podcast about and what more can we expect in season two? So in season two, I'm going to be talking about more about meaningful topics. I think I already have like some that I have in mind. We talk about the COVID vaccine because A, I do work in a hospital. We talk about diseases, testimonies, uh, sexual abuse awareness. I spoke to Stephanie about missing, um, you know, about the missing person. So more meaningful topics. Um, they are kind of deep and like a little trigger too, but I think I like what I said. I want to use this platform to share people's stories and resources. I guess, I mean, you've been touching on it, but what a, what is your overall goal? I guess, what are you hoping to achieve with your podcast? Yes, you're trying to create a space for people, but what else? There's an episode I have, I think a 2020 time cap or audio time capsule. And when I was recording, I was, I was thinking about my son because I have a two-year-old son. And there was a, a part in my episode where I dedicate a little saying to him as in whatever you're going through, you know, I'm here. I, I love you no matter what. And it made me think this could be like a personal diary too. Yeah. I know it's weird, but as growing up, I did have a diary. And I remember thinking when I have a girl, I'm going to give it to her so she can read it and know that, hey, you're not alone. We all go through body issues. We go through friendship issues. We go through parents don't understand what we're going through. <laughs> yes. Drugs, alcohol, boyfriend, all that stuff, you know? So this also created that where I could record and have people's stories on here. So that was definitely like my goal from season two now is what I have in mind. I like that. I feel like that's similar to me. Like, yes, I started the podcast because I didn't have control over anything that was going on in my life in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I get but it. I think in a way, I, I think this podcast, since I've started it, it's helped me get to understand myself a lot better. I'm kind of like understanding myself through this podcast. Mm-hmm which I think is, it's interesting. It's cool. It's like, I, like you're saying, it's like kind of a diary, you know? It is. A lot of people are like, well, yours is kind of, it's cool because it's everywhere, but it is everywhere because it's what I've, what I'm going through that week or what I have in mind or what's been yeah. on my mind. And yours is pretty similar to that too, which I like, cause it's so relatable. I need something that's relatable. I need, I don't want something that's like, I don't want to say the word fake, but hey, like we go through stuff and I know none of us put it out there on social media, but it's real. Yeah. Like we need that human, human interaction, human connection, because there are podcasts out there, but I feel like they're a lot like clickbait kind of run by celebrities. It yeah. just doesn't feel like you're saying it just doesn't feel authentic versus mm-hmm. like when I hear yours, like I know it's a real person behind that mic. Like I know it's somebody else who understands me to some level. Yeah, that's like my whole goal is like, hey, I'm just like an average. Well, I'm 28 and a mom. <laughs> so, what? You look young, girl. Oh, thanks. And married for almost like maybe five years, but I've been with my husband for 10 years. Oh, congrats. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I might not know about relationship right now because I've been like out of that woo, years ago, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I don't want to learn. I mean, it must be hard to be single right now, especially because of COVID. But yes. like what you say, I, I, it's, I just want to be relatable. I think you are. Yeah, Thank I'll you. need to go check out Moments with Melissa. <laughs> if you haven't, you are missing out. <laughs> Thanks. So you and I have talked over Instagram, and I was surprised mm-hmm. to know about 
the similarities we have in regards to our brothers, your brother, mm-hmm. my sibling for the sake of their pronouns. I know it's hard, but would you mind telling us about your brother and what happened to him? Yeah. So I'm, I told Stephanie, I'm kind of nervous because I haven't told anyone about this story like on a podcast or my podcast. I guess it's like a, a, a page in my diary that I don't want anybody to read yet. Oh, you can read the whole pages except for this one, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, this, and then the reason why I created this podcast is because what I went through with my brother. So back in, I want to say 2016, I found out my brother had cancer, leukemia, and it was New Year's Day. And he was feeling sick. He was a little pale. He got some random bruises, like just fatigue. And I thought it was nothing. Like there's other stuff that obviously that happened, but I don't want to bring it because it would be like a long story. But eventually we found out it was cancer. They did like a spinal tap and whatnot. And a lot of stuff was going on that year, like in 2016. I got married. It was like the end of the year and just a lot of bad things. And I remember thinking like, no, this, this can't be cancer. Like we've been through a lot as a family already. My sister even asked me like, what if it's cancer? I'm like, don't think like that. And the reason why I say is because for some reason in my family, the guys on my mom's side have a history of cancer. So mind you, when I found out I had a boy or was having a boy, that's the first thing I thought it was cancer because one of my grandpa's brother passed away. My other cousin passed away. My uncle passed away. And now my brother has cancer. So it was like, like, let's not think like that. But eventually we found out and my brother was doing good, really good. He was in remission. He did have some, you know, bad days. Like mentally, I can tell that he was over it. He told me many times, like, I'm just over this. Like he never said, I don't want to do it. He just, I'm over it. Like I want to go home because when you're doing chemotherapy, you'll stay there for a few weeks. It wasn't just like you get your medicine, you leave. You have to stay there for a few weeks and get treated. And, you know, I think the hard part was when he was losing his hair because his hair was like his, his like identity, like he loved his hair and he started losing it like chunks and stuff. And he would only show my husband like how it looked, but he never showed me. He's like, no, I'm not going to show you. And my husband's like, why don't you just shave it? He's like, cause I don't want anybody seeing how it looks right now. So Eventually, uh, my husband went in there. He shaved his head. But I remember I would take his clothes from the hospital to wash it because, again, he's staying there. And I wash it in my um, my washing machine. I remember just, like, picking his, his beanie up and, like, hair, like, chunks falling out. Now I think about, like, look back. I never talked to my brother about, like, how does he feel having cancer? Like, what level he is or what stage he is. He had um, AML, which means there's no stages. But I remember them saying, if it gets aggressive, we're going to do a bone marrow transplant. So right now we're just mm-hmm. doing the chemo rounds. Eventually he was in a remission, which is good news. So they got the cancer and whatnot. And then a month later, it came back by um, a tumor. I had a Christmas party. I want to say 2000, I don't want to say 2017. Yeah, 2017. And at that time, he, he was living with me, but he moved back to my mom's house and he started getting some headaches and he actually went back to work. He went back to work as a become a mechanic. So he, he went back to work as a regular life, like not even his job knew that he was going to chemo rounds or radiation, nothing like that. So he started getting headaches and he said like my vision, like, I feel like it's off and I'm like, okay. And he would just go like this, like blink his eyes 
many times. I didn't think anything of it until he came from my Christmas party and he just kept like rubbing his face and he's like, oh, my head just hurts. So my mom said, you need to go to the hospital. And eventually he went because he told us how much medicine he took. I'm like, dude, you can't take that much medicine for a headache. Like, this is serious. If you had to take medicine like to that hour, you know, Mm -hmm. it's serious. So eventually he went and they found a tumor like in the bottom of his like brain. And I remember like they don't know if it's benign or if it's cancerous. He went in and we did find out it was cancer. There was a time that he got sick. Within that time, we found out he was cancer. He had like another headache. He had like some sinus issues. And it was like a scary moment because the doctor like put his finger out like, hey, I want you to follow my finger. And my brother, like only one eye kind of worked. Like it was so weird. And it was because a tumor messed up with his vision. Yeah, that's crazy. The nervous system. So, I mean, I seen it. My husband seen it. And my brother had a girlfriend at that moment. She saw it. But we didn't want to make like, oh, my God, like. Even our faces, we had to like become a poker face. We're like, you didn't want to make a scene out of it. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Like, fuck, you know, (laughs) so that happened and he was fine. He had chemo rounds, I think towards the end, which is around March, 2018. Oh yeah. And I forgot to say I am pregnant at this time (laughs) (laughs) around. I found out August, 2017. So okay. yeah, when he was his cancer chemotherapy rounds, I still visit him. Like I still went my big old belly. I don't care. I was like, I'm going to go watch, you know, visit my brother. Cause he was alone. You know, it's yeah. very lonely in the hospital. And I can't imagine right now because we're in COVID. Like I had to wear a mask to be around my brother because he was leukemia, which means like low white blood cells immune. And even like going to the hospital, like that unit, you had to like go in an air pressure room, clean and all these stages. So I would still visit him towards the end, like before his passing, he went to a different hospital and a few months before he had to get a bone marrow transplant. And in my head, I'm like, Oh, you know, like something's up, you know? No. But my brother never told us like how or what stage he was or how aggressive the cancer was. So we all got tested the siblings, my younger brother, which I think he was like 13 back then me, I was pregnant and my sister. And out of all of us, I came a match as a bone marrow transplant, but I was pregnant. Oh. So they weren't sure what to do about it, you know? And I told my brother like, oh, I'm, I'm your match. And he's like, oh, I was hoping you're not because you're pregnant. I was like, no, it's all right. Like I heard this study about placenta. If you save it, that could be like a helpful source or something. <laughs> and I remember talking to an OB. I'm like, oh, is that like, can I save my placenta for my brother? This and whatnot. And she's like, well, we'll look into it when they start the trial. We ended up not even going through the trial because he passed away, but I want to say like a week before his passing, he came out of the hospital. He was depressed. I can tell he kept texting me. Like I would text him like, Hey, how are you doing? He's like, fine. Like, are you okay? Yeah. I just want to leave like super short with me. Mm -hmm. And that week happened to my my mom's birthday and he got sick. I don't know how, because I I tried texting him. He wouldn't text me back, but my mom said, no, he's really sick. Like he's throwing up. And he ended up going to the hospital, I want to say Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. He ended up in the ICU and Saturday morning, like around lunchtime, he passed away. Oh, and not only that, let me tell you something. So that was my, my mom's birthday weekend, like the prior to that, because he passed away Easter that time. My sister was getting married that week. So when my mom called me saying he's in the ICU, I was looking for a dress to wear my sister's wedding because I was 36 weeks pregnant. I had to look for something like so, you know, pretty close to my belly. <laughs> I went to Kohl's. <laughs> I remember leaving Kohl's and 
I had like this gut feeling like, ugh, like something, something bad is going to happen. Like I remember going to the hospital. I told my husband like, hold on, I need to go to the bathroom. You know, when you're nervous and stuff, <laughs> you're like, yeah. I just got to go. I got like mentally prepare myself because A, I had to be strong for my baby. And, you know, I don't know what I'm, I'm going to walk into. And I seen my brother and it was just like, oh yeah, he's, he's not here anymore. And I work at the hospital. Like if I've been on the unit before, I know when a patient starts to, you know, expire soon. It was really hard seeing my dad hold his hand and his girlfriend was there at the moment. I told my dad like, oh, that's, that's not him. Like he's not here with us anymore. And I can tell like he was breathing faster and it was just like, okay, well, if he's, going this fast or escalating like his heart rate his rhythm all that stuff because I work in the hospital so I know what's going on I just remember calling the nurse like why are you doing this why are you do that and then that's when they started calling a code on him I just remember grabbing my dad's hand like we have to go they have to help him like I held my dad's hand he's like why I was like we have to go so we left the room and the charge nurse like you need to call your mom because my mom wasn't there she was but my brother when he was able to talk he told her to go to the store like I don't know, all this freaking time he told my mom to go to the store. I don't know if it was for a reason or something. So I called my mom. I was like, "Hey, you need to come." And she's like, "Why? What's going on?" I was like, "You just need to come." I didn't want to tell her more because I want her to drive safe back to the hospital. And then I had to call my sister and my younger brother, and I told him like he's coding, and they're like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "Ugh." I was like, "Just come," you know. Yeah. So. Like even thinking about it, I'm feeling all cold and like shaky because I just remember that feeling like, oh, like something like I like me, like I work at the hospital. I know what to expect. But as for a family member, my parents, it's so hard to like for them to realize what's going on, you know, yeah. especially for Hispanics, like Mexican, like, you know, we don't go to the doctors for anything. Like we just use like <laughs> the vaparu. We do all that stuff. So it's like. Obviously, they don't want to go to the doctors, but like if you go to the hospital, it's kind of like, you know, it's that feeling. So um, he ended up having a code blue and he passed away. But I just remember that feeling like my mom, like she's going to come. And of course, when she came, she was like yelling, like, what happened? And she almost fainted. Like uh, they're worried about me. They're like, oh, this girl's like big, pregnant. I was like, no, 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 don't worry about me. Worry about her because mm-hmm. that's her baby. Like my baby's fine you know and your baby's um, alive yeah like he's okay like I just I didn't know I was literally numb I did not cry at all that day when it happened I mean I don't want to go into details like exactly but it was more like a movie like um like what I say I work in the hospital you always see those families in the the rooms like the ICU rooms and I never wanted to be that family and this time I was that family it was hard it was like I was like watching like a, a mirror like oh it's like your turn now you know, you're the, yeah. you're the patient, you're the patient's family that's going through it. I just remember he was, when he coded, they put him on, um, they had to intubate him and, you know, they had to do CPR and my mom's like, you know, tell him to stop and whatnot. I told her, I was like, I can't, I can't tell him to stop. That's, that's your son. You need to tell them. I just remember like they did, but my mom asked for me and my sister to go in the room to see my brother one last time. <laughs> I don't want to cry either, <laughs> but, um, you know, she, she did a prayer and it was, it was a prayer for him to go. Like, it's okay to go. You, you don't have to be here anymore. And I swear, like, I never felt so like 
like I tell people this, it literally felt like I had an armor on my, my like chest, like all of us had an armor and saying like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be with us. Like we don't want you to suffer. That was the last time I saw him. And like what I told you when that all that happened, I never dealt with the grief when his funeral happened. They didn't allow me to go up there and talk because they were scared I was going to pass out because I was so close to giving birth. My sister did have her wedding. <laughs> it was hard for her though. It was really hard. But I want to say I never had a chance for like myself. I was I was taking care of him or either taking care of my baby in the stomach. And I never I never cried. You know, I never mm-hmm. had a chance to let it go. Yeah. And I think after I had my son, that's when I got like postpartum dep- depression like pretty bad. Because then I started remembering my brother, like, where is he? Like, why is he here? Why can't he be here to see his, you know, nephew? Because he was looking forward to being an uncle. And I became, like, mad. And I became, like, literally crazy. I was, like, having dark thoughts. I was becoming suicidal. It was just weird. Like, now I look back, like, who was I? I didn't even know how to ask for help because I was, like, I don't even know how I'm feeling. Like, if you told me how I was feeling, like, I put a display, like, I'm fine. Like, I'm okay. You know, I went to my mom's. I was, like, fine. Which it was. Like, I, I took care of my son. But I would stay up at night and like, like, just look at my husband and be like crying. Like, why was I so mean to him today? Like, my husband didn't deserve that. Stuff like that. And finally, I went to my doctor's. It was like a six week. You had to do like a six week appointment after you have birth. FYI, guys. <laughs> just like a clearance. All right. If you want to go back to work out and all that stuff. My doctor asked, like, how are you doing? Like, literally, after she checked me up, she said I was fine. But she, you know, sat down. She's like, how are you feeling? You know? And then I just started like bursting in tears like it's so hard like I'm dealing with so much right now like I just lost my brother now I'm having a baby now my life's changed and she was so like nice about it and she said okay you need to call a therapist like you need to go get seen now so she gave me like phone numbers and it was kind of hard I couldn't find like a right therapist for myself you know I'm like telling you my life and stuff (laughs) I started going like two days a week I went like Tuesday and Thursday for a couple weeks and then slowly like she asked if I wanted to get like medicated first. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I want to see if it's just like something I need to let go. Eventually I felt better, but she gave yeah. me like many tools to use. Oh, I kept asking her like, why am I so mean to my husband? And she's like, well, that's because he's the first one you see in the house. And I was like, it's true because I wasn't going out that much. <laughs> and then she told me like my brother, like just go to the cemetery and just talk to your brother and say how you feel. So finally I did, which was so hard. It was so hard because I felt like I hadn't, I didn't talk to him at all since he passed away and my, my son was born. I was going through a lot of those times in 2018, you know, my brother passed away, my sister got married, I had a baby. And during that time too, I started a new career because someone's got laid off and we just got a house. So it was, it was a lot that year, <laughs> 2018. It was like a bittersweet year. There's like an episode in my podcast, we talk about suicide, which I never been, I mean, I gone suicidal like that thoughts, but I never talked to someone about it. And in Mexican culture, I feel like we don't talk about stuff like that, like feelings. Yes. I don't think we talk about mental health in general and how suicide is something when you're not taking care of your mental health. Yeah, exactly. So when yeah. I when I remember making that podcast and a lot of people reached out to me and, you know, said like, thank you for making that and whatnot. But we also talked about grieving, which helped me a lot in my grieving because I feel way better now, of course, but there's still moments. I don't ask why it happened to me because I feel I'm at peace now, but I haven't talked to this in podcasts with my brother, but I definitely wanted people to know like death is going to happen around us no matter what, even around COVID. You know, that's just, that's life. And it's just mm-hmm. like how to cope with it. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> I know it's a lot. <laughs> I'm honestly like, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. My heart <laughs> goes out to you and your family. I've experienced loss. Like I've had friends and family who've died, but two people have really hurt me when they died. And now my grandma actually isn't doing too hot and I'm sure she's going to be kicking the bucket soon. I don't mean to say it like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it though. She's been here a long time. For me, when it comes to death, it's always mm-hmm. surprised me. Mm. But this time it's let me know that it's coming. Kind of appreciative of it. I'm like, well, thank you for letting me know you're on your way. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry. Like, but you always question like. Like when is it sur- going to happen or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's a surreal experience. Like the same thing like with my brother, like. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years did I ever imagine my family being the family with the missing family member and having to move heaven and earth to find them and having to deal with so much. And like you, like you're saying a lot happened for you in that year. Mm -hmm. Like a lot happened for me in 2020. I was finishing school. My brother was missing. My little sister's quince was in the works. Yeah, like celebrations too. Yeah. And so like you're saying, like, it's bittersweet. And it's just, yeah. you know, like, we want to celebrate that. But we also are acknowledging the fact that somebody's missing. There's somebody yeah. that can't celebrate with us. And so you can't fully enjoy the moment. That's true. It's it's hard. But I mean, that's, unfortunately, it's life. You know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And losing my brother definitely changed, like, the way I look at life. I feel like I became, I don't know about you, but like, that whole situation with your brother, do you ever feel like you kind of see the world in a different vision now? It's actually going to be a perfect segue to my question. It was going to be like, how has your brother's absence changed you? And I can tell you, like, for me, it's changed me in multiple ways. It's, it sucks saying it like this, but my brother disappearing, Etsy disappearing, made me look at myself and made mm-hmm. me have to, you know, see myself in a different light. And like, yes, I had to be the leader of my family and be their advocate. But you and I talked on your podcast. I, by the way, guys, I am making a guest appearance on Melissa's podcast. If you want to <laughs> check me out there. So I had self-love issues. I didn't fully love myself and I did not give myself the respect I deserved. So going through all that and like towards the end being like, you know what? Like, oh my God, I'm such, and I'm not trying to boast, but I'm like, I'm such an amazing person. Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. The lengths I will go for my family. I am incredibly strong and smart. And it was because of Etsy missing that I finally mm-hmm. looked at myself and looked at all the strengths that I have and Etsy missing as well made my family come together like it made us all let go of our pettiness with one another let us go of all the tension and like come yeah. together as a family and unite and be like you know what whatever happened in the past is in the past like we need to be here for each other now mm-hmm. that was one thing I also would like to clarify because <laughs> I think you and me like we have a good strong belief in God yeah for me the thing is i had i have had a journey with god we mm-hmm. have had our ups and downs i will say like in college like at the beginning of college so about 4 or 5 years ago i was not okay with god i did not want anything to do with him i rejected him from my life i was like you are the reason why my life is shit oh okay and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't just, know to say that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There, there's a lot. There's a lot that was going on. And so, yeah. No, I, I like this though. I like this. Okay, guys, like no judgment <laughs> here. Okay. Yeah. But I was like, you're the reason my life is shit. 
And I think during one of the hardest years of my life was probably also 2016 or 2017. I can't really remember. I think it was 2017. I was not taking school seriously. So I failed, like flunked out of my class and I did not care. And, and because of that, I was, all I was dealing with my own mental issues, but I didn't understand that I was having mental health issues. Like I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Cause like you said, in Mexican families, we don't talk about it. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to do. And so like, I, my depression my anxiety my stress it was taking a toll on me and I didn't know how bad it was getting and because I did horribly that semester they took away my FAFSA and they took away my scholarship so I couldn't go to school and so I was like okay I gotta you know try at least so I tried to like do jobs but I was getting fired from every job like only worked a couple of weeks and then I was getting fired so I got fired from like three jobs <laughs> in that same year I remember I was like it's like I feel like I had reach rock bottom mm -hmm. like I was like I have no money for school I have no job I don't feel like I understand my family and they don't understand me I don't even feel like I understand myself I feel like all my moments are in my car but I was in my car there's this like beautiful place that you can like stargaze in Utah and so I just like drove out there and then I just started screaming and I was like god I'm so tired every single time I tell you to do something you never do what it is that I want you always do the opposite and I don't know what to do anymore like I've hit rock bottom like I can't see myself getting out of this and I'm like and I hate that I've come to you and I'm begging you but I'm asking you to just please help me like, yeah. I'm sorry just help me <laughs> you know like help yeah. me get back on my feet and I was crying like angry tears and I was like angrily crying I think I actually slept in my car that day if I'm honest I think I did I think I slept mm -hmm. in my car I slept in my car because I couldn't drive home I just felt so exhausted and I think in that moment I wasn't just letting go of my anger with God I was letting go of my anger with myself and with the world and literally after that moment, my life completely changed. I got back on my feet. I ended up getting a job. I paid for school out of pocket. I got my grades back up. Like I, you know, I ended up pushing myself a lot harder. Things were turning out after I had that conversation and that I was like, okay, God, I, I hear you. Thank you for hearing me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for not abandoning me. Like, let's keep going. And so every year yeah. since then, like at the beginning of every year, I, I'm always like, you know, I always say my new year resolutions, but I always, I'm, I'm also always like, God, and whatever happens this year, please hold my hand and don't let go. Yeah. Keep guiding me to where I'm supposed to be. So I had to give that context because when Etsy's situation happened, what I feel like I would have normally done is I would have totally turned my back on God. I would have totally yelled at him and blamed him for everything mm -hmm. that was happening. And it wouldn't have done me any good, you know? Yeah. But I feel like in this case, because I've been able to build my relationship with God this time around, I was like, okay. At least missing, but we can find them. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be okay. God has my back. God's going to take care of Edsley. Literally when like that happened, instead of like yelling or crying, like what I would have normally done is like, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. God, I need you to give me an extra ounce of strength to get me through. What is it is I need to get through? I need you to be there for me. I need you to make, make me the best soldier you got so I can be there for Edsley. Because mm -hmm. I, I need to be there for my family. So and not everybody believes in God, you know, it, it, yeah. it, be, it is what it is, you know, you don't have to. But for me, I can honestly say like having faith in God, having having that belief system, it's helped me in more ways than I can explain. And yeah, of course, I started seeing a therapist after that and mm -hmm. started taking care of my own health. It's crazy, like how many ways I've changed and I have trauma, but I've dealt mm -hmm. with it now. <laughs> but I also realized I was letting my trauma hold me back from living in the moment. And I let my trauma define me and I let it 
torturing me to the way like I didn't feel like I deserved anything good in my life oh, and wow. yeah and so now you know having dealt with that and undergoing what, what went down with Etsley I'm at the place where I'm like you know what my past is my past but it doesn't define me it's part of who I am but it's not everything that I am it's helped strengthen me so now you know with Etsley and everything like people are asking me like you know, you're taking it so strongly. You're like, you're so gracious about this. And it's like, because I finally understand my relationship with God. And I finally understand my relationship with myself and with my mental health as well, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I know that there's so much more to life, you know, and things have a funny way of working out all the time. And like you're saying, people die all the time. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. Edsley's dead. I hope they're not. But I also think Edsley's disappearance has helped me become a better person. because I am so much more empathetic to people. I'm so much kinder to people. I relate to a community that I was never a part of up until now. Mm -hmm. And now understanding the struggles that my brother was going through in regards to suicide, mental health, like it's also made me aware of the struggles that that presents and how to pick up the signs on those. Those are things that we we don't talk about on a day-to-day basis, especially in Mexican households. We don't talk about it. Edsley's disappearance, like wherever they are, and if they're alive or not, like they have helped me become so much more of who I am. And I believe a better and stronger person. Etsy's disappearance, it sucks, mm-hmm. but it's made me an advocate for Etsy. And I, and I hope wherever they are, they can see that I'm really trying to just spread awareness of people like Etsy mm-hmm. who are undergoing those same struggles. That's good. That last part that you said about that you want to help Etsy with all the stuff that, you know, they were going through, it's kind of like what why I'm doing this podcast because I found um I found that some people go through that and they don't tell you until like the last moment and whatnot mm-hmm. but it's it's so true like you you have to find yourself because I mean when my relationship with God is I grew up in a church and you know when you're a teenager you think you know what's good and whatnot <laughs> you got through <laughs> you right you got through like temptations and I mean I wasn't hella bad in high school but there was like a moment I wasn't okay. But there, there goes like a, like I had a moment in life where obviously like I stepped away from the church and I was not like, Oh, like I, I want to sleep in. I'm not going to go on Sundays, whatever. Yeah. And my mom was like, she goes to church all the time. You know, it's like a Hispanic mom. They go every Sunday and whatnot. I was always close to God, but for some reason, when my brother, all that situation, I prayed for him every night. And when he got sick, I prayed for him and I prayed for strength, you know, for our family, whatever was going to happen. And mm-hmm. when he passed away, I just remember that night he passed away. I didn't pray for him anymore. And it felt so weird. It's like I was missing something like, oh, I'm not praying for him anymore. Yeah. Now it's I'm praying for strength, for peace, for peace for my parents. You guys, like God is real because whatever you request or ask for God, he's going to give it to you. Unfortunately, it's not going to be your way, but it's going to be coming through. Like I had many dreams with my brother. I had a chance to say bye to him. He had a chance to see my son in my dreams. Yeah. So I definitely had like a strong relationship and my brother became like very uh, more attached to God. It's like when you look back, it's crazy. Like all those things happen for a reason and it leads you to this point and now you can help people. And now you have that strength, like what God gives you is the strength to help others. It's crazy. Yeah. And you look back and it's just like, okay, well, he, ha- he had it planned out for a reason. Yeah. You know, every everything that happens in your life, it's planned out. And you're just like, at that moment, you're like, uh, why isn't this happening sooner? Why isn't this happening now? But then you're like, 
Damn, that happened like at the right time. Actually, you know, little thing, when you talked about prayers, my mm-hmm. grandma has this little saying in Spanish, Yo se tarda, pero no God may take his time, but he never forgets your prayer. Yeah. That's so true. Like you're saying, like everything happens for a reason. Yes, I was pissed at God for a while, but I don't mention it because I feel like it's a it's a flex, but it's an unnecessary flex. I right. had actually gotten waitlisted from Harvard when I was applying for college. Oh. And I always got mad because I was like, why didn't I get into Harvard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking back now and I was like, if I had gotten into Harvard, I wouldn't have been here for my family. When when Etsy went missing, I wouldn't have been here to do everything that we could, especially because like states were being closed down. Nobody could travel. So I would have been on lockdown and, and I would have been like miles oh. away, not able to do anything for my family. And then that role would have fallen onto my sisters. N- not that they don't, I don't think they can handle it, but my sister's pre-med. So it would have been a lot of stress for her. Yeah. And my little sister, you know, I told you on your podcast, but she was dealing mm-hmm. with guilt and she, she already felt guilty that she hadn't messaged Edsley for you guys. Marion was the last person to text Edsley. Edsley had texted her like, you know, how are you doing? I hope you're doing okay. And she never messaged them back. She felt guilty because she thought if she had messaged Etsy back, some, you know, it would have been different. But, you know, you, that's obviously not true. Like my family doesn't understand mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the only one who talks about that openly with my younger sister and with my parents now. And they're starting to get it, but they're never going to go into therapy. I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, my younger sister, she's getting it and she's understanding it and she's understanding that I understand where she's coming from. So I feel like if I would have been there, she would have been torturing herself about it even today and probably like be depressed and have like these other mental issues sprouting about it. But like you're saying, like, it's crazy. Things happen for a reason. Yeah, it didn't get into an Ivy League school. Oh, well, yeah. But like what's more important, your family or that and at the end of the day like my family always comes first it's crazy because like I told you sorry if you hear my son in the background they're laying a few people off I think I was like three or four months pregnant but I didn't tell anyone and we just bought a home so they were saying oh we're gonna go down this much hours or you become another position you go to school and then we hire you and whatnot so I was like I'll just go to school right literally like when I went into that new career, like that's when my brother got sick and I went down in hours. But if I didn't go down in hours, like I was like driving my parents to San Francisco, like those crazy, you know, wine streets. And I was there taking my brother. I was there to pick him up for his chemo rounds. I was there to be with him. Like I was, I had the time. It's just crazy. Like if I didn't do the opportunity or like have laid off or just said whatever, I wouldn't be able to be my family the whole time. Like they counted mm-hmm. on me because I had the time. You know, like right now I only work two days a week because I'm a 12 hours or two or three. That's like our shift work at the hospital. But if I didn't have all that time, I don't know what would have happened. You know, this is just crazy. Like what you say, when you look back, it's, it's God, God puts you around your family for a reason, no matter if you're the strong person or whatever you are, you're there around your family because it's what's needed. So we've kind of briefly touched on mental health and the struggles with with Mm -hmm. the situations that both you and I had what would you like people to know in regards to mental health I want people to know that it's okay to ask for help because that was one of my situation is I would be crying like in the guest room and my husband like what's wrong and I was like nothing nothing's wrong and he's like well you're crying I'm like yeah but nothing's wrong I didn't I didn't want to ask for help I didn't want to tell him what's wrong with me because if I told him he would have been like like, hell no, I'm calling the police or something, you know? And it was nothing like I want to hurt my kid. It was more of a, I just couldn't do it. I would have panic attacks. I never had panic attacks before. It was so scary having panic attacks. It's literally like you're 
someone's putting a bag over your head and you can't breathe. And it was to the point that I had to go to the doctors to get help. To me, it's like, it's okay to ask for help. And if you're not feeling okay, talk to someone. It's okay to talk to someone, especially right now in COVID. It's okay if you're feeling depressed. I have a whole thing on the episode. You know, people are losing their jobs right now. People are don't have an income and they probably don't feel like they're worth anything. Like if they want to go date someone, they're like, oh, I can't pay flowers because I don't have a job right now. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm not expecting stuff from you. Like, it's okay to talk about us. So, and I think also to check in on people. I say yes. that in one of my episodes because, you know, we get so busy with social media, scrolling and just living our daily life. But we have friends too that are also isolated at home. Okay, I say this because I work in the hospital. So my 2020 is way different than people that are staying home. I haven't lost my job and I'm really thankful for that. My husband and I work at the hospital. But I have friends that lost their jobs and I kind of forget to check in on them because I work and I'm like, okay, well, I need to check in because I don't know how they're doing, you know? So I, for sure, I forgot about that part, but check in on your friends, your family, you know, those around you talk about it, ask for help, be honest. And yeah, that's pretty much what I would say to people. Ditto. I have to agree. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, y'all, y'all gotta go check out Melissa's episode where she talks about <laughs> mental health and regards like Mexican families. But mm-hmm. it's just something that we're, we got to normalize talking about mental health and talking about like our mental health issues. If your parents probably traditionalist, that's cool. But start having those conversations, start being open about it. It's so, so important to talk about your mental health because we don't talk, realize in how many ways we're affected because being human, I've said it so many times, I feel like it's my own little personal quote, but being human yeah. is so complicated. Like it it's is. not easy. And when you go through something like Melissa and I have gone through, Mm-hmm. it takes a toll on you like not just mentally emotionally and physically and you need some way to not only understand that but to express it so yeah. i highly recommend finding out what's going to help you in regards to that whether that be seeking a therapist whether that be journaling meditation spirituality going to god and praying exercises also form a therapy there's so many things to do but I feel like now more than ever, especially with whatever, with everything that happened in 2020 in regards to COVID, mm-hmm. we all need to prioritize our mental health. It, it's it's so important because if you don't pay attention to it, it can lead to, you know, unfortunate circumstances. Like, you know, I will be talking about this in a future episode, but in regards to my brother, my brother was dealing with mental issues. Suicide was became a, like, became a thought that Etsy was having which in the end led to the, their disappearance because Esley felt like they had nobody to go to, that nobody was mm-hmm. understanding them. And even though Esley tried to understand their mental health, they didn't always have the resources or the right people to go to. So I feel like it's something we need to start talking about and normalizing. Even if you think it doesn't affect you, you are mistaken. You are wrong. It affects everybody, maybe not as strongly as other people, but we need to start talking about it because, you know, we're all human And we all just want to be understood in one way or another. Well, that wraps up the episode. I want to thank Melissa, the podcast host of Moments with Melissa, for joining me. I'm going to give her a chance to shout out her social media accounts if you want to follow her and subscribe to Moments with Melissa podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much again, Stephanie, for having me. Yes, you can follow my Instagram page. That is Moments Melissa Podcast. It's all one word. Podcasting, you can go on Spotify, Apple, all that, whatever you hear your podcast platform. 
and just follow me again i'll be having season two out which stephanie will be included in my season two so i can't wait for that it's gonna be good guys i just yes. have a feeling and don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts to be up to date on what we have going on on the self-conscious podcast such as upcoming episodes who our guest co-hosts for each week will be upcoming podcast collabs small businesses highlights and so much more our instagram is self-conscious podcast and our twitter account is at conscious podcast thank you to everybody who tuned in like always i hope you resonated with this episode learn something from it if you like this episode go ahead and subscribe to the self-conscious podcast we are available on all your favorite podcasting apps and might as well share this episode with a friend or family member. The more listeners, the better. We post new episodes every Tuesday. Eso es todo por hoy. I will see you all next week for a new episode. Until then, have a good one, Conchitas.